0: All right there we go so've been I've been walking with the Lord for um, almost uh, forty four years i uh, I accepted Christ when I was uh, about four or five years old at Suburban Baptist Church in New Orleans, Louisiana on Sheffman Tour Highway I can go back and I can touch the place. can anybody do that? Can you remember where you got saved and um, actually a, a, a tornado destroyed it this past year it made it made the headlines and my mom uh, because I'm from New Orleans. That's where I'm from. If you can't tell, my voice is a little different. I have a little different accent. And uh, my mom cut it out, and she said, wow, did you see this? And there's the church. I could see it where I got saved, totally, totally demolished, just like something out of a movie, just unbelievable. Kind of surreal when you know that that's where you accepted Christ. But, you know, as I was, as I was uh, praying and preparing, uh, the Lord, I, I believe the Lord spoke a few specific things that I'm to share. He gave it to me first and then I'm gonna share it with you. So you take it and you just, if it doesn't make sense to you or whatever, just put it on the shelf, but I got a feeling some of it will be like, wow, okay. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for saying this to me. Let's just pray. Father, I take a knee before you right now in the presence of your people, my brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing, Father, that I am nothing without you, but Father, with you. I pray that in this moment of time that you would speak to the hearts of the men, the women, the young, the old, all in between. God, we need to hear from you in this moment. What is the spirit, you, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us specifically? This first Sunday of 2018, oh God, may we have ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to respond to the move and the words of you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for clarity. I bind every spirit of confusion. In Jesus' name, we will hear and receive what you have for us. And the church said, amen, amen. amen. Well, if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, which most of you raised your hands of five years or more, um, you know that as we walk with the Lord, we go through cycles, right? And I, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the life, you could pretty much put a lot of people in Scripture in what I'm going to say, but Abraham came to my mind. And if you look in Abraham, uh, look at Abraham's life, Genesis chapter 12 is where it's first recorded, it's also recorded in Acts chapter seven, that God calls Abraham. And when God calls Abraham, Abraham answers the call. "Get up, go to the land, I'll show you. Come on. He's the father of faith, right? Wow, I felt like that when I moved 650 miles from New Orleans to here and didn't know anybody. And he says, he gets up and he's, he's involved. Abraham's connected, Abraham's obedient. And I gotta think he was excited. Come on, something new, right? New year for us, right? He's excited, he's anticipating. And uh, you see in the beginning of his life, he, he, uh, he, God's speaking to him. Come on, how many of you remember when God spoke to you the first time? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Ninth grade. Between ninth and tenth grade, I was in Christian school. Come on, there's a Christian school here. And I went from a Christian school to public school. Wakey, wakey. And the school I was going to, the school I was going to go to, was known for riots. And I was in I was in a, a Bible study with a guy named Daryl. He was leading it. I'll never forget it. Between ninth and tenth grade, summertime. And I was actually... I was actually at a time in my life where I was seeking God. I was kind of ag- aggravated with him. I won't look at anybody, but I'll just say I was aggravated with him. And, uh, because things weren't going exactly the way that I anticipated. And But I remember, I remember God speaking to me. There was a line of young people. God moved. It was amazing. God moved people who never cried, never showed emotion at all, crying in the presence of God. Only God can do that. You can't fake that. And I was standing behind people praying for people. And and in that moment, after everybody was prayed for, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and he said, I love you. Never forget it. I love you. That's over 34 years ago. Long time for me. And I remember God speaking to me. And, 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 and Abraham, God was speaking to Abraham. Abraham was obedient. And what's Abraham doing? If you can read it in chapter 12, he's building altars to God. And he's worshiping God, right? You can read it. It's right in there. And then, and then something happens towards the end of chapter 12. Anybody remember? A great famine came in the land. Rather symbolic of what we go through sometimes. Come on. Maybe you're in here right now and you're in a famine, spiritually. Been there. Got about six t-shirts, <laughs> right? <laughs> famine, it's symbolic. Abraham hearing from God, worshiping God, building altars, but a famine comes of a tsunami proportion. And where does he go? Egypt. Goes down to Egypt, right? It's rather symbolic. He kind of drifts in his relationship with God. Are you with me? Symbolic. He drifts. Did God tell him to go to Egypt? There's no sign in the scripture that says, thus saith the Lord, go to Egypt. I'm going to, no, he doesn't say that. But yet he comes out of Egypt with all these provisions. You all remember the story? Some of you know the story. He comes out of Egypt with all these provisions and yet something is still empty inside of Abraham. He comes out of Egypt and what does he do? He goes back to the place where he first met God. The end of chapter 12 says that. He goes back to the altar that he first built. Why are you saying all this? Because our life, your life and my life, is cyclic like that. I would love to tell you and stand here and say, man, I live on a mountaintop," but we don't. It's peaks and it's valleys. And sometimes the valley is very long And God only knows what some of you in this room are going through, have been through. You could tell stories. Amen. All of us have a story. And so this morning, I want to share with you as we start this new year, I don't know where you are, but God does. One of the brothers mentioned this morning that God has our name and a picture of us tattooed in the palm of his hand, Isaiah says, Isaiah 49. So wherever you're at this morning, just listen. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Are you, here's the question, are you broken? Are you broken? I heard that word several times this morning too. Brokenness, brokenness. This sister back here read in John, right? John 20, 21, 21. If you look at the life of Peter, in that moment peter was broken what had, what had peter done he he denied even knowing who jesus was and i got to tell you that man was broken by his denial of christ and you can see it because after christ came back to life and he sees mary he says hey go tell my disciples and peter remember that because he knew how hurt Peter was. Why? Peter was broken. We go through situations in life where we are broken. Wow. But there's purpose in the brokenness. Everybody still with me. Say amen. Abraham's life shows it. Come on. It, it, Elijah's life shows it. You know, the fire begins to fade. The passion begins to dwindle. And wow. Things happen in life that really... Crush us. Brokenness. I just wrote a few things down. Man, if you look around you, look, look look at the news and you'll be overwhelmed by some of the stuff that's going on, right? Divorce, separation, chronic sickness, disease, disablement, financial struggle, bankruptcy, and the list goes on. There are things that we go through in this life, that you've been through areas of brokenness, and the enemy, watch this, the enemy wants to use it to overthrow your faith. How do you know that, Vincent? Well, the Bible says, Jesus, through Jesus' mouth, Luke, chapter 22, before he goes to the cross, Jesus turned to Simon Peter and said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But he doesn't leave him there. Jesus says, but I have prayed for you. Come on, that's good. I've prayed for you, Simon, which that name ironically means a reed shaking in the wind. That's how Peter was before he was called the rock. His name was actually Simon, the reed that shakes in the wind and blows whatever's going on. He says, but I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith Would not fail you. He's just about ready to go to the cross. He knows what's going to happen. He knows that Peter's going to be broken. And Jesus said, I have prayed for you. That's Luke 22, 31 and 32. I've prayed for you. You know, Jesus has prayed for you. And for you. And for me. Because he knows that in this life, we will have tribulation. John 16, 33. John 16, Brokenness. Okay, now here's something that somebody in here may be thinking. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. Does God even care? I've asked that question. Has anybody asked that question? Come on, John the Baptist asked that question. Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Come on, who? what was John the Baptist's? Work. What, what was he supposed to do? He was the one that said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Remember this? John chapter 1, three times that is recorded that, that John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb. That's the one. That's the one. I know that's the one. When the Spirit comes and descends and remains on Him, the Holy Spirit said, that's the one. Yet flash forward and now he's in prison. Matthew, I'm reading right out of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. He's in prison. Come on. He's broken by life. And what happens when we're broken? We see it. We see it in John the Baptist's response. What does he say? Hey, my disciples, go, 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 go ask Jesus. Would you please go ask him, is he really the one? Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is the one that said he is the one, but yet here in his brokenness, doubt, confusion, come on, fear, overwhelming trouble has gripped his heart. And in that moment, he's like, wow, are you real? Do you care? What am I supposed to do? And what does Jesus answer him? I am real, I am the one. Go tell John what you see here. And blessed, blessed are those who are not offended in me and hindered from hearing and understanding the truth. That's what the verse says, chapter 11, verse six in Matthew. Why do I know it? Because I've read it many times because I've been broken by life. Is this helping anybody this morning? Three people. Okay, good, good. <laughs> brokenness. Your brokenness matters to God. Now, it, it was amazing. I shared with Tom. I was like, I really think we need to have communion. And he said, well, we're having communion today. Wonderful. It fits like a glove. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing, right? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three 23 through 25. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three. 23 through 25 it says this this is the jb phillips version i read several different versions i like this of this one it says this the teaching i gave you paul speaking the teaching i gave you was given me personally by the lord himself and it was this the lord jesus in the same night in which he was betrayed took bread when he had given thanks he broke it and said watch this take eat This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Similarly, when the supper had ended, he took the cup saying, this is the cup of the new agreement in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. This is my body, which has been broken. Now, this is really important. This is really important. Jesus Christ was deity, is deity, he put on a skin suit and lived the life here on this earth and knows what it feels like to be broken by life. Does he care? Yes, he cares. He cares. And he was broken. He was broken. Almighty God was broken so that he could understand what it feels like to be broken. To lose someone close to struggle with the people around you, relational struggles, to to struggle financially. You know, when he was born, his parents didn't have enough money to have this lush sacrifice, so they had two birds, which signifies they didn't have a lot of money. Jesus was broken so that he could understand what it's like to be broken, broken for you and for me, amen? I'm gonna read out of Hebrews, Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. It says this, real important. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. Because God's children, that's us, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son, capital S, Jesus, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 15. Only in this way, being human, only in this way could he set free all those who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Verse 16. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help descendants of Abraham. Verse 17, key verse. Therefore, what's it there for? It's there for this. Therefore, it was necessary for him, for Jesus, to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he's able to help us when we are being tested. Now that's a mouthful. Since he has gone through suffering and testing, brokenness, he knows how to help us. When nobody, Stephen, when nobody else understands you, Jesus Christ is right there. And he understands what it feels like to be spit on and rejected and misunderstood even by those who are closest to you. He understands. When no one else can do that, he's right there with you. And you need to know that this morning because God only knows what you're walking through. God only knows how the enemy is trying to overthrow, sift you as wheat like he did with Peter. Oh, but thank you, Jesus. He's praying for you that your faith wouldn't fail. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen, amen. Verse 18, I'm going to read it again. This is Hebrews two eighteen, Amplified Bible. Listen to the words of this. Amazing. For because he, Jesus himself, in his humanity, has suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, I love this. He is able immediately to run to the cry and assist and relieve those who are being tempted, tested and tried. That scripture is actually on the handout that you have hopefully in your hand. That is a po- He's able immediately to run and assist me in my brokenness and assist you. That's encouraging. That is Very encouraging. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. You remember when Jesus went to the temple for the first time after he had been in the desert? Luke chapter 4 records it this way. They handed in the scroll of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah's back there somewhere, that little boy. They handed in the book of the scroll of Isaiah, and he stood up and he read. And what did he say? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to set at liberty those who were held captive and to do what bind up the brokenhearted it's part of his it's part of what he does he was broken so that he could help bring healing to our lives wow jesus christ is drawn to brokenness god the father The Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead, is drawn to brokenness. Can I show you this? Psalms 51, Psalms 51, 16 and 17, Psalms 51, 16 and 17, Living Bible says this, you don't want penance, thank you Jesus, (laughs) you don't want penance if you did, how gladly I would do it. David speaking, you aren't interested in offerings burned before you on the altar. Verse 17, it is a broken spirit you want, a broken and contrite heart God you will not ignore. See, when we're broken, it actually draws God's spirit to us if we allow him to. Now, if you think about it, there's really two basic responses when you and I are broken. Think about it. People in the world around you, people you work with, people you live around, there's a lot of broken people all around us. Amen? We have basically one or two responses. We can shake our fist at heaven, get mad at God because we don't understand, and basically kind of drift and right out, walk away from God, or we can run to him. Does this make sense? Am I making sense? Let's, let's think about it, let's think about it. We have, God has given us the scripture as an example to show us what I'm talking about. Everybody goes through brokenness at one time or another. I think about um, King Saul, remember King Saul? did god call king saul yeah and who 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 anointed him samuel god right god called him god anointed him right but he did something first samuel i believe it's chapter 15 he he was afraid of the people and he took matters into his own hands he disobeyed god and he was what he was broken through that situation now Did he run to God? And look at his life in the whole spectrum. He really didn't. He got mad at God. And God did what? He rejected him as king. So his brokenness turned to anger and separation from God. So many people in the world, that's where they are. And there's many people in the church. Hello. That's where the devil wants to bring us. Broken and away from God. Mm. How How about a guy named Judas? Judas. Anybody heard of Judas before? The one named Iscariot. That one. Was he selected by God? Yes. Jesus prayed all night on a mountain, and then he selected his disciples, officially selected them. And Judas was among them. Judas had an agenda. He had something that was driving him and he couldn't see the forest for the trees, so to speak, and he was broken by what he did. What did he do? Betrayed Christ. Did his brokenness draw him to Christ? No. It drove him to grief, and he took his own life. Wow. Two choices. Get mad, drift away from God, and be broken or be broken and allow it to drive us to God. Are you with me still this morning? David's life is an example of how we wanna respond. Here's a man serving God. David was called by God, right? Anointed by God to be king. 14 plus years he ran for his life from King Saul. And, and then he finally became king, which he was anointed for as a boy. He became king, and he's serving God. He's flowing in his gift. He's being used of God, and then he begins to drift. Come on, it's cyclic. Just being real with you. Success is one of the greatest indicators of how close we are to God. <laughs> Sometimes we get success and we think it's us. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's all him. It's all him so he's drifting and if you read the story he actually went when when the kings are supposed to go out and fight in war he stayed home the Bible says and he was out on his balcony and he's looking and he sees this woman help me Jesus he sees this woman and he falls into come on lust and adultery Commits, commits murder lies repeatedly and he ends up broken Are y'all getting this? At least a year goes by as we know in scripture. A year goes by and finally finally the prophet Nathan comes to him and calls him on the carpet as some people would say. And what is what is David's response? I've, I've sinned. Come on, this is really important. If you're broken right now, you want to take David's example. God, I've sinned. Lord, I'm broken. I need you. God, forgive me. See, we can either shake our fist, anger, confusion, and run from God, or we can seek God, and we can tell him, God, I'm broken. God, I don't understand what's going on. And that why question just goes over and over in our heads. Come on, I know I'm talking to somebody. Why? And God, all you have to do is glance in my direction and this situation can change. And yet time goes by and it doesn't change. What will we do in that situation of being broken? Will we run to God or will we drift away from God? I'm hoping, I'm praying that this morning He's speaking to you and encouraging you to draw closer to Him. I'm about ready to wrap it up. Brokenness. I said there was a couple of things that the Lord had spoken to me, and um, I want to read one of them to you now. May I do that please? 6.30 in the morning, December 30th. I asked the Lord, I asked the Lord, Lord, how do I minister to people who are broken like I am right now? I'm gonna be really transparent with you. I almost called Tom and said, Tom, I, I can't come this Sunday because of the things that I'm dealing with in my life. Almost did, but the Lord said, no, I I don't want you to do that, because in in your weakness, that's when I'm made most strong. So go, Vincent, in your brokenness, and share what I want you to share, and don't worry about anything, Just, just go, and you be the mouthpiece, and I'll do the rest. And that's why I'm here. Lord, how do I minister to people who are broken? Like I feel broken right now. I'm writing this, my journal. Lord, I'm reeling and convulsing within at times. It comes in waves, feeling like a slow, slow death, with feelings of grief and sorrow beyond words. Maybe you can identify with that. I believe I'm, I'm hearing you, Holy Spirit, say this. And This is what I wrote down. I believe he said, point them to me. Point them to me. Bid them to come and pour out their hearts to me. And then he said this to pour out their hearts to me, empty their sorrows in my lap through words, through tears, through inaudible groans, and even through silence. Wow. The Bible says in Psalms forty-six ten, be still and know that I am God. And I can tell you in the last three years, that scripture has come alive to me more than ever before, that there's actually, there's actually value in being silent before God. Can I show it to you in the scripture real quick as, I, as we wrap this up? Let me finish. I'm sorry. Before I go there, let me finish what I, what I wrote down. Through words, through tears, through inaudible groans, even through silence, God says, pour out Tell them to pour out their hearts to me. I am the healer of the heart. Wow. Come on, y'all remember Cecil B. DeBil- Cecil B. DeMille's movie, I Am That I Am, right? Hear God saying, I am the healer of your heart. I and only I am. No person, place, or thing on this earth can heal or make sense of the pain within except me, God says. Time in my presence is the cure. I am the cure, says the Lord. Turn to Psalm 62. This is where I'm going to kind of end the message. Everybody still with me? Say amen. Psalm 62 says this, Psalm 62, I'm, I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible, I'm going to read like four verses, and all these scriptures are on the handout, uh, either in the questions or at the bottom, i put them all on there for you so you can take this home and, and let the Lord speak to you even deeper, okay? Psalm 62, 1 and 2, and then 5 through 8, it says this, David speaking. You know, David went through some hell, I mean, he really did. Hiding in caves, looking for food to eat, even his own people turned on him. This guy was broken. I mean, if you read some of his psalms—Psalms Psalms 41, 42, 43—he's saying, "Where are you, God?" Depending on the version that you're reading, he's saying, he's saying it, "Where are you, God?" He is broken. Boy, if there's anybody you can identify, with, read Job. Oh my gosh. That's what I've been. I read the first 10 chapters of Job in the last few days. And I'm like, seriously, this guy was saying, I wish I was dead. <laughs> That's what he says, I'm telling you. It's amazing. But it lets us know, hey, you know what? It's part of the human experience. And God cares. Amen. Psalms 62, 1 and 2 says this. For God alone, my soul waits in silence from him comes my salvation well get a hold of that even if you're married what you need to save you and get you through the brokenness probably won't come from the person of your spouse because they can, now god can use them but he it'll be from him ultimately does that make sense i hope it does for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. My defense and my fortress. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse five: My soul, now he's talking to himself, David's talking to himself, "My soul, wait only upon God and silently submit to Him. And the Amplified has a little bit more wording in it, but this word wait is in most translations. You know what it means? It's the Hebrew word. I'm gonna try and pronounce it and I'm not cussing, okay? It's damim is how you say it. And it literally means to be dumb. It means that you are mute and you cannot speak and you look and you wait with expectation for God to come through and answer your request. That's what's in that word wait. It's, it's a wonderment that overwhelms us and we can't speak, we just sit there silently. Can I say that some of you need to just sit still in the presence of God? What happens in the presence of God? Many of you know Psalms 1611. In his presence is fullness of joy and in his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Things happen in God's presence that many times can't be put into words. Can I get an amen on that? There is an encouragement that comes from just being still and silent and Pouring out your heart to God. Are you confused? Tell him, God, I'm confused. I don't understand this. This makes no sense at all. Tell him. Tell him. He cares. And he's not mad. He's not mad. He's a big boy. He can take it. Tell him I pour your heart out to him. I'm going to get to that verse in a second. What happens in the presence of God... I mean, think about Jesus. He takes Peter, James, and John, and he goes up on a high mountain. I'm talking right out of Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 5, 1 through 6. He goes up on a high mountain. It says, by themselves on a high mountain. It's Jesus, and he's three guys that are closest to him. What happens when he's on that mountain? He's transfigured. I heard somebody say it. He's transfigured. There's, there's no words that are actually expressed by Christ. He's just there in the presence of God. I, this, is, this is just my, my take. I think one of the reasons why he brought Peter, James, and John, you know, the pillars of the church to come, I think he brought them up there to just kind of uh, yeah, subtly say, this is what happens when you get in God's presence. I want to give you a sneak peek. And what happens? Why I get up early in the morning before the sun comes up and I go into the mountains and I go into the deserts and I go into the gardens, this is what happens. I get in God's presence and I'm transfigured. This is good. And I'm silent. And the wisdom that I need represented by Elijah And Moses, the wisdom that I need and the supernatural strength that I cannot even articulate is given to me. And I'm transfigured in the presence of God. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what God's saying this seventh day of January. Are you broken? Run to me, God is saying. My soul waits upon God. And silently submit to him. For my hope and expectation are from him. God, my hope is in you. It's not the government. It's not in the next job I have to write. It's not in the next place I may have to preach. My hope, my salvation, my sanity is in you, Jesus. And I look to you and now I wait. Silent that you would strengthen me, heal me, and show me the way. Wow. Wow. You're my hope. You're my defense and my fortress. I shall not be moved. With God rests my salvation and my glory. He's going to repeat it again. He's my rock of unyielding strength and impenetrable hardness, and my refuge is in God. Trust in, lean on. This is David speaking. Trust in, lean on, rely on, and have confidence in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts. Before him. That's right out of scripture. That's the eighth verse. Pour out your hearts before God. He is our refuge. In times of trouble. Would you bow your heads this morning. Heavenly father to the best of my ability. That you have given me today. I believe. That I've shared your heart. And I thank you Jesus Christ. That you're seated at the right hand of the father right now interceding and praying for every man young and old every woman young and old every child you are interceding on our behalf praying for what we need and praying that our faith wouldn't fail and God I pray that you will tailor make this message this morning for what each person needs and as we partake of communion together oh god may we take you in the healing body and blood of christ afresh and anew and see you as we move forward in 2018 tighter and closer in relationship with you than ever before we love you god in jesus name amen